Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Small Talk. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Small Talk with Matthew and Rachel. Hello and welcome to Small Talk with Matthew and Rachel. Um, We are going to be talking about Colossians, um, the chapter 1. Starting in verse 13. Let's just go ahead and read it, get to it. Uh, we were talking about this the other day because you started reading it and a couple of things caught your eye, right? So, yeah. Uh, this is completely random, you know, something we picked up on this week. And really, well, I mean, what isn't important? That's, that's a real question when it comes to God's Word. So, we're going to start reading here in 13. I want everybody to keep this in mind. This phrase, change the name. Change the name. It is incredibly important in what we're getting ready to read. Rach, you want to read or you want me to? I can start reading. All right. Okay. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. We have redemption. The forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, in the heavens and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him, in him and through him, To reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross, through him, whether things on earth or things in heaven. And although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. If indeed you continue in the faith firmly established and steadfast and not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which was proclaimed in all creation under the heaven and of which I, Paul, was made a minister. Now rejoice in my sufferings for your sake and in my flesh I do my share on behalf of his body, which is the church, filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. Uh, 
Of this church, I was made a minister according to the stewardship from God bestowed on me for your benefit so that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God, that is, the mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations, riches of his glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete in Christ. For this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. So what do you think first jumps out at you, Rachel, baby? Um, well, the first thing that jumped out to me was the firstborn of all creation. I was like, so what happened? Was that when Jesus was created, but I thought he was, you know, you know, it was like forever. I mean, uh, he's infinite. It's like God the Father, right? So I was like, what, what, what does that mean then? Because I'm pretty sure that he's, he's infinite. He has no beginning or end, right? That's right. So, well, we have to, even as he stated it here, reconcile these things. So let's talk about what, how John starts out. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Um, and this restates the simple fact that everything was made for him and through him, correct? Yeah, it sounds like, it's just, actually, it sounds like the book of John. Like, almost like it's another version of the book of John or something. I mean, it's like another, well, it is. it's another, like, viewpoint or something. Right, and it is another version. It's the same version. It's just stated a, a, a different way. And added more stuff, you know. And we have to realize that, well, when you go back to Genesis, um, and uh, we look and see what exactly happens here. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So we realize that he just said that through Christ all things were made, right? Mm -hmm. So literally, this is when the physical universe came into being. Before that, it was just God hanging out with himself, and there was no physical creation. Everything was spiritual, okay? Yeah. And there wasn't even the heavens, so that means there wasn't <clears throat> even angels, right? That's right. That's right. That is correct. So what we see here is, is well, Christ is a physical manifestation of God the Father. We know that it simply repeats it. Oh, wait, 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 wait. What about what about when Moses saw the back of God the Father when he was up there on Mount Sinai? What about, about it? That? What about it? That was God the Father. Yeah, that he was, was God in the Father. physical form. Well, what about it? Well, the way you said that made me think that God wasn't didn't have a physical form back then until his physical form was only Jesus. What what do you mean? No, I, I meant that when everything come into creation, the physical reality that we have, that came through the body of Christ, literally. Through that okay. physical through his physical okay. working. Okay? So Christ 
is the part of God that is connected with creation. Right. Because what did God do? Okay. He spoke everything. And God said, let there be. So this physical vibration, this was Jesus talking. Now we have the same thing in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? God has an intention that's going to be executed. And of course it causes Christ great distress, but still he does it. Christ mm -hmm. executes God's will. So literally speaking, uh, well, we know that the voice being heard here in Genesis chapter 1, let there be, no matter what it was, that was actually Christ's voice. He was using Christ's voice. Hmm. Well, that goes along with John the Baptist with a voice crying in the wilderness, right. Right. like way for the Lord. Yeah. Yep. He was actually... Um, what would you call that? That was like a, I mean, well, the only one thing I can. wonder what it must have felt like to be there, you know, if, but he was by himself. So, but if anybody was there with him, what it must have felt like to be with him while he was the voice in the wilderness crying out, make way for the Lord. Mm -hmm. Must have been an awesome number. I wonder if that was like a strange feeling or like a different kind of feeling being in that well that's really beyond you and I's knowledge because you're talking pre-Holy Spirit right it hadn't descended on the upper room yet right I, I don't know I so I, in my estimation it was definitely something different than we can now feel yeah but then um doesn't it talk in in where does it talk about the sevenfold spirit of God? So, Isaiah. So then that is, so I really feel like the Holy Spirit was with John. I mean, maybe not the same one, but one of the Holy Spirits, the seven, one of the sevenfold. Or some of the seven. Spirit. We could even say some of the seven. Point yeah. being, it was not complete. Right. So, uh but yeah, that's that's and he goes into this. He 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 further uh, elaborates on this by 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 including us as his body. He's trying to let you know that Jesus is to God like we are to Jesus. Um, that's why it talks oh, about his body. Okay. Uh, verse eighteen. Okay, he is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Yada yada yada. Okay, so, so it's so, like the nesting dolls, maybe. I don't know. The what? No, I don't know of any dolls. You know, you like open them up and then there's another one on the inside and then you open the next one up and there's another one on the inside of that one and you keep they keep getting smaller and smaller. No, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, wow. Um, but, okay, we can we can <laughs> use that example. And then he gets to the really good and personal stuff down here. And, uh, like I said, uh, you have to remember uh, to change the name here because he's pretty clear in his intentions here what the message that God is trying to um, relay, what's going on. Um, let's go up to, oh, let's see here. 
Let's, let's do verse 23. If indeed you continue in the faith, firmly established and steadfast, and not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, was made a minister. You have to stop right now. You have to change the name right here because you are something. You're something. Now, either you have a function in leadership of the church which extends outside, or you have a gift that operates inside the church, right? And uh, we know... Oh, we know... Uh, Let's go to First uh, Timothy. Um, well, it, it talks more about it there. Uh, Hebrews talks about it, but you know the list. There's all these famous lists. Um, mm -hmm. We can go to Ephesians and uh, look there. Uh, and he gave some as apostles, prophets, evangelists, uh, pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. So here you have a list. You're going to be one of those. Okay. Okay. And those have been appointed for what? The you not have the, to be one of those. Not the construction of the body because the body's not built; it's grown. Correct. So this is what's giving for increasing our numbers within. That body, what do we have? Within that body, we have, well, let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, all are not apostles, are they? All are not prophets, are they? All are not teachers, are they? All are not workers of miracles, are they? All do not have gifts of healings, do they? Do not speak in tongues, do they? All do not interpret, do they? But earnestly desire the greater gifts. So we know what this 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 list is here that he gives. What are the greater gifts? The ones he just gave. The working of miracles, the, the prophets, yada 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 yada. Obviously gifts of healings. Alright. So in with the gifts of the spirit, I mean there's whole lots of things that you can be, but you're going to be something. Now we certainly know that uh, well, some of the greatest people that you know were were just private teachers of children, which is considered the lowliest thing. Now, I mean, you and I have been to a church where they actually got rid of the church bus so they wouldn't have to do a children's ministry because they wanted the parents to come. The parents weren't coming. They didn't want to do the ministry. So, uh, but you are something, and you need to figure that out. So, when you read the opening of the book of Colossians, uh, you're supposed to change the name and figure out just exactly uh, what you're doing, uh, what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, there's just no doubt about that. It's there in the text. But a lot of people like to keep it uh, on the other side of the border. Well, Paul was this or Paul was that. No, you're something. You have something to do in the church. If you're not in charge of the growing mechanism, you are required to do things within the body because everything has a function, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. I mean, I there was a time which in which the people who cleaned the church were actually very strong spiritual pillars in right. within the church. My grandma and grandpa being that, and they would go and like while they were cleaning, sometimes they would stop and just go to the altar and pray. Right. And because you're there and you're cleaning the church now it doesn't happen so much no, but because no. they hired out they hired a lot out. of times the people that don't go there you know well like one of the things that you and i took high offense uh when we went to the church that uh, the people watching uh the nursery was paid employees they were not even christians that was watching uh the uh, the, the nursery mm-hmm. so we made short work of that yeah, we uh, we, we like went extreme short work that. Well, we went twice, and then we realized yeah. we're like. I asked, remember? That's not. <laughs> I asked. Well, I asked. I said, "How employees? Really? That's the last time you're. That's the last time you're going to be passing my baby across the." Well, th- there's something about, and the, the churches were here. We're in North Dakota. There's just not really enough uh, people to. Um, have enough children to actually have a regular nursery employee. I mean, sometimes the church will get an influx of a lot of small children and babies, and they'll have somebody go back there, you know, to help out. But mostly it's just that there's very few children or that are small enough that they need to go to the nursery. But um, it, when I was growing up, the people that were in the nursery, yeah, it was a huge sacrifice because they didn't really get to hear the sermon. You know, they weren't they weren't really part of the church service, but they were <laughs> what I remember as a child that was part of me feeling secure when I went to church was seeing those people. Right. And so, yeah, it's a sacrifice, but it's it's a needed part of the body of Christ. It may not be as fun as some of the other things, like well, that's why you front and singing or playing the organ or something. Well, that's but. why those those positions are supposed to be given uh, uh, well breaks. Uh, let's take for example. I mean, I don't I don't need to you know to to mince words about it. Let's take Mary Bottoms. Uh, she was only my Sunday school teacher three weeks out of the month. And then one of the other ladies, they weren't asked. Brother Marshall told them, sis, or, you know, Sister Bottoms needs to join the congregation this week. You're going to do it. And, of course, they did. But we don't have that anymore. All that stuff is gone. Yeah. And then I we went to different churches where people would trade and stuff, and there was a lot of arguments about that. It was very difficult, and there was a lot of drama. So usually it winds up the same people wind up doing the right. the nursery every time. And that's why we didn't have any drama because, you know, Brother Marshall was very thorough and he obviously had a list going on of who he told. But you would walk up and he would tell you there's no drama. Right. I mean, he didn't have a problem doing his job. He was not lazy in any way, shape, or form. But his job was the pastor. That's right. <laughs> and what he said... When? Yeah. I remember random times when, uh, you know, he was distressed about this or that, and he wasn't up to preaching. So, 
it was not out of the ordinary for him to walk up and you know tell Brother Johnson, uh, you're preaching today, or Brother Webster, guess what? You got the pulpit today, or uh, you know any number of people. Yeah, right. And now there's too many roles that have been established within the church, and they can't do that now. You know, so there's all these rules within the denomination itself that, oh, you can't just do that. You know, you can't just have somebody from the congregation get up there and preach. They have to go through. And that's because of, you know, just the corruptness of this world and bad things obviously happen when or whatever. And um, they were like, oh, we better make sure this doesn't happen again, blah, blah, blah. And then they make these rules that um, the sermon has to be recorded and then and sent to district. And if you know this, and the government or whatever, what well, I don't know, did the church government did did that? They were talking about it, but did they actually do that? Where where the mm-hmm. pastors had to submit their sermon or whatever to prove that they weren't preaching politics or that that was just was that just a rumor? I don't know if that ever came to fruition or not, but these pastors don't realize that that's not why they're being recorded. Let's say you're in a rapturist denomination. If you start teaching and you come out and say uh, rapture, they don't realize that I've even been present at headquarters when this happened, when I went three times about uh, that issue I had with the witch that was uh, teaching our Sunday well, not our Sunday school class, but the kids' Sunday school class. Uh, that's what they were doing. They were reviewing uh, the audio tapes from the different churches, making sure that nobody had said anything against the rapture. So uh, nobody realized that's already going on. Okay, And like uh, any number of churches that – well, you can tell when the Spirit has been killed. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit has been drenched because you'll catch this pastor, and he's reading the whole thing and then come to find out. All of those are authorized sermons. They don't preach anything. They are sent those sermons, and they have those a year in advance. Now, they can practice them, but they have to preach what their denomination tells them. And uh, those notes include certain key phrases, uh, such as once saved, always saved, that must be spoken during that hour, no matter what they do. And nobody realizes this. And until you walk into district headquarters, you don't have a clue what's going on. You yeah. really don't. Yeah. Well, I didn't mean to get you off on a tangent. That's uh, bad habit of mine. Obviously. <laughs> but the point is, is that when you read this chapter, you better change the name. You need to take out the word Paul and you need to insert your own name. Because God certainly designed you to perform a function in the body. And if you're not, you're dead flesh, and you're creating, well, drama. Didn't you put that as drama? And what did the, what does the Bible say to do with those parts of the body? Gouge them out. Cut them off. Cast them in the fire. Those are the toenails that got too long. Exactly. Cut them off. Put them in the trash. They're dead. You know, they're, they're you know, but they need to be amputated post-haste. Well, how, you know, how we, you know, when we were studying Ephesians, you know, a lot of us were reading that every, the whole thing every day. And it was talking about, you know, putting on 
the the new body that Christ gives us and put mm-hmm. because the old body is continually becoming corrupt and how he gave us that object lesson with our skin like mm-hmm. like right. we shed our skin like um how many like we shed like how many years is it before we have a whole entire new body because of dead cells and stuff I don't remember I think it's 3 months in 3 months you go through your whole external self anyway so i just think that's really interesting and and that's kind of how we should be looking at our christian life well that's what i've been uh, you like know we are continually becoming corrupt even when we don't mean to be we, we well, live in this world and we're picking up corrupt things and if we don't keep on it we're going to be walking around like a zombie Well, exactly. This is exactly what I've been screaming at the top of my lungs. No members are being replaced. We're talking about, well, let's talk about grandma and grandpa again. They were obviously dead skin, honey. They were done, right? And those dead cells got taken off, but nobody replaced them. Yeah. Uh, Like the... I don't really like you referring my grandma and grandpa like dead skin. Well, honey, they did die, and they're in the ground now. And no, they're not. They're in paradise. Right, they're in paradise, but nobody took their place. No. They have not been replaced. And you can't keep shedding members, okay, or body cells and not replenishing them. Right. Or you wind up exactly like you, you stated, uh, looking like a zombie. Yeah. So, whenever you read Colossians, if you don't get that, that you better be doing something. Yeah. You do have a, whether you're a minister or your teacher or your, whatever you're supposed to be doing, you better do it. What God gives you to do, and it might change, just like your body changes. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, I don't really like that I'm seeing some wrinkles, but, you know, that's just what it is. And Well, sometimes you know, we have them. Wrinkles because of the elderly. I mean, just today we talked about that there was uh, there was a prayer request with this lady that uh, has liver cancer, right? Yeah. Well, obviously your job just changed. Because yesterday you wasn't praying for her, was you? Was you concerned about her at all? No, you've completely forgotten about her, right? No reason to have her on any prayer list. Well, guess what? God changed the plan today. Right. And you need to have the wherewithal to understand that this is why uh, the members of any body will be randomly tested. A wise man will quickly understand if he keeps notes. It is paramount that the body keep diaries, especially the head or the pastor. Because he will look over his diary for the past year and he realizes that, hey, guess what? Every single family had to be prayed for at least once this past year. And then he realizes the marvel at it that one's person testing is so that the other people can, in concert, pray for that person. So that person gets strengthened over the course of this test, then they move on to the next family. But all these things have been forgotten. So you're supposed to know this by default. Yeah, your job is going to change next week. Uh, I mean, uh, you never know who's going to, uh, you know, lose their job. You never know who's going to uh, get cancer or who's going to break a leg or God keeps it fluid. But a man 
whom God is with will quickly come to the realization that this thing is, these trials are being passed around the entire congregation. So the full, the full bore of all of these saints praying is targeting these individuals on a yearly or perhaps two years. You understand? Right. So yeah, um, everybody needs to, well, I was taught these things when I was a child. This is how it works. This is how you do it. This is what a living body is. Right. I mean, you were taught those things as a child because um, at the time you didn't think it was a miracle, but, you know, you couldn't speak, so you had to listen to the adults and you were standing there with nothing to do. Right. So, that's... Right. So, all these... Look, we've gone from that to actually God-haters being paid a salary to watch the children and Christians not even watching the children while the parents are up getting ministered to. Why? Because they are lovers of themselves. That, that's why these things are happening. Mm-hmm. And it's crept in very slowly. Just like gangrene. You cannot see gangrene progress. It does itself. By cell, by cell. You understand? It spreads. And then all of a sudden you've got a whole limb that needs to be amputated. Because guess what? It's never going to stop. You understand that's the reason you have to amputate something with gangrene, honey. Gangrene does not stop. It goes until you cut it off. I mean, it will spread throughout the entire body. Yeah. So, you know, that is... I mean, people don't realize all of the jobs there really is to do in the church because a lot of churches don't have those jobs available. Like, you literally have to, and and I understand why you have to have a background check done on before you can work with the kids, you know, it's a big ordeal. And I know why they do it because, you know, our world is so horrible that kids have actually been abused in in the church building, which is just, I mean, to even think about, but it has happened. So, because all these churches are full of new members. Look, man, <laughs> I, do you think we actually had to do a background check on Sister Mackie? Wake up! Yeah, everybody knew her and known her for years, right? Right. All these right. churches are just members that quit other bodies that came there. And, of course, a lot of them are God-haters targeting these churches to rip them asunder. But, yeah, now you've gotten to the point uh, where, no, this person wasn't born and raised in this church. Uh, you better do a background check on them, yeah. But there was a time that wasn't even heard of. Right, right. I mean, you, you look, man. You do realize that even when people come visit at our church, this was common knowledge. Well, this was Sister Bruner's job. Whenever one of these people come in, you realize that she would go into the office and call what they were calling their home church and check to make sure these weren't God eaters. Hmm. Now, she didn't tell anybody, 
you know, this wasn't made common knowledge, but you did not walk in as a guest in our church on Sunday morning and your pastor not being called because you better know his first name. And if he didn't know your first name, you were allowed to sit there and shut up. That's what you were allowed to do. And, of course, you know, Brother Webster, nobody had a problem with, with telling you to sit down and shut up. Uh, you're just a guest. Well, I kind of don't. I don't. What about people who want to know about God and they? Those you know, people will say that they won't be lie. Badly if they don't. No, I didn't say they church. were. I didn't say they were treated badly. Okay. You didn't listen to what I said. I I was worried. These people that would come in and say, "Yeah, we're on vacation and we're really from uh, you know, let's say it's a Methodist church. We're from the First Methodist Church in Pittsburgh." No, 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 no. Your pastor was, uh, I mean, literally, uh, literally, that would be ruled out within a matter of minutes because Sister Bruner would, you know, listen, say hello, and shake your hand, and off to the office she went. Hmm. So the new, you have to understand, people that are new to, uh, and they're searching, they'll tell you. See, that's why the pastor's supposed to, you know, shake everybody's hand before you come into the sanctuary, you know. The foyer, what they call the foyer. That's why everybody's supposed to be greeted. So you get an appraisal of what's going on and figure out what they need. Guess what? If they're visiting, they're already a member of the body. They don't need anything, right? Because you're kind of making me, you're kind of making me scared to visit a church now. <laughs> well, we don't. You don't have to worry about that anymore. I mean, look at what we had teaching our children Sunday school. Yeah. You realize I had to take her curriculum three times I went down to the district, didn't I? Yeah. And provided her own handwritten evidence, she was a witch. So, I mean, but yeah, uh, nowadays none of these things apply. And what you have is a completely quenched spirit. It's quenched. Yeah. But, you know, it's also kind of the times because the world is just becoming corrupt at just such a fast rate. Like I know, yeah, it's mind-blowing. Like, it's, yeah, it's mind-blowing. It, it's like, how could how could somebody that corrupt worm their way in that quickly? I mean, it, it takes you off guard. Yeah, it certainly does. But... I mean, really... We, you know, we have to be ever on the alert, but then, right. you know, of each other, then even when we have a pure heart, then we're also judging each other when it really isn't fair. So I don't know. It's like, like I said, we need to continually, um, we need it. Well, that's what taking a bath is. You get the dead skin off. It's part of it partly getting all the dead skin off, you know, so that, you know, you have the, your new skin looking nice. So that's what and we as Christians need to continually do and be careful that we're not, like, being unfair to people who are just also facing a very corrupt world. You know, they're having to walk through this too. And it's not easy. I mean, we're we're dealing with things now that we would have never dreamed about 
that we would no. have to would have had to deal with a year ago even. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we ourselves personally are dealing with things we thought we'd never have to deal with. Yep. You know, it's just it's just the world. And That's all that correct. Kidding. And it's going to get worse. <laughs> yes. So we have to continually renew our mind and our spirit. We have to continually be putting off that old what what we were doing last last month, last year. You know, we have still still we have to make sure that that's still applicable because if we if the way we were doing it last year isn't applicable we need to renew that way of doing things and be in in step with the spirit and you know and the way things that were that were done when you were growing up yes that that was good at that time but now this is a new time new situation new new i mean if those people would see what was what we were facing right now i don't think they'd be able to do it they wouldn't be prepared to face what we have to face now. Nope. You know, thinking about those people that have died, and I, I wouldn't want them to be here. You know, no. Oh my goodness. Uh, per, well, you know, I've I mean, talked I, about you know, I've talked about Sister Bruner a lot. Baby, the church right down the street from us, they caught them. They caught the pastor instead of the automatic scent sprayer thing. He had taken that cover off and put a camera back there, and of course they nailed him. Um, Taking pictures of uh, uh, little girls. That's right, because the little girls were using the bathroom stall too, and this was the pastor they nailed to the wall. Uh, Sister Breer would, okay. What about your grandma? Same instance. She wouldn't be able to. She wouldn't even to, to, to comprehend no. what even. What he would have even been doing? Why would he have done it? I mean, it would have completely confused yeah. and terrified. Right, right. So uh, no, I wouldn't want any any of my elders to to go through what today, man. That's run of the mill. That's the way it is. I mean that that's the way it is. I mean it's common, very very common for um secretaries to steal from their own church. I mean, oh, yeah. I, would, I mean, even that, oh, I mean, yeah. I could just imagine what, I mean, grandma and grandpa would have been beside themselves, right. beside themselves to find that something out like that. And that happens all the time now. Yeah. You know, and that's just, I mean, that's, that's a minor thing compared to some of the other things, Look, the yeah. unspeakable acts of darkness that you hear about from time to time that happens in the church, you know, well, I hope that everybody uh, takes a good read of First uh, Colossians, you know, the, the, the first chapter there. Um, and they need to change the name to their own name. And if they don't have, if they cannot mimic what was written there by the Holy Spirit, oh, I just trumped them, didn't I? They so desired me to say the proper name of who they Fully wanting their heart to have written that. No, that's a lie. He wasn't qualified. The Holy Spirit wrote Colossians chapter 1. And if you cannot supplant your own name there 
with a, a detailed list of what God has assigned you to do and what you're doing, you're not in the body. And if you are, you need to be cut off and cast into the fire because you are gangrene. You're dead flesh. So this is probably a serious wake-up call for everybody, but I don't care what... <laughs> well, it's... it's it's got me. It's like a wake up call for me, and I'm I'm the one who who started reading it and started looking at it and thinking. I mean, not really. Just I mean, we're we're not just saying this to everybody listening. We're saying this to ourselves, you know, right. too. Yeah. It's. I mean, we need to remind each each other regularly. What are you doing for the church right now? What what are you, what are your jobs right now? What are what are you what are you doing? You know, we need to remind each other and um, build each other up and, you know, sharpen each other's iron. Well, that's why you're starting this ministry, right? You're going to start. Yeah, it's just a little thing, you know. um, Well, I'll probably talk more about it later. I mean, I don't really know how to say it right now. God just put it on my heart and. A little thing that I just started doing. It's really small, but you know, God just laid it on my heart to start doing something, and we'll we'll see what God does with it. I mean, God's been actually speaking to us about a lot of things. Um, um, I mean, that we won't probably won't go into detail right now, but you'll eventually hear about. But God's working something. New. That's right, because it's a new day, man. Yeah. Your job changes. You get older. Do you do the things you did when you were a child, Rachel? No. Do you do the thing? Are you still doing what you were doing when you were a teenager? No. Nope. Right. So. Because those things aren't really applicable to my life now. Right. And like, you know... Even 10 years ago, 10 years ago, my ministry was children, my children, my own children, because they were little and it was teaching them about the Bible, making sure they know the way to go in their life. Right. Well, baby, you want prayer? You want me to pray? I want you to pray. Why does everybody always want me to pray? Why why is that? Anyway, all right. You want to do the Lord's Prayer again? We can. Of course we can. Yeah, let's just let's just do that. Let's just make a habit of doing that. And you maybe and I together. And maybe it'll get them into the habit of doing it. Okay. Amen. All right. Our Father, Father which art in heaven, heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and glory forever. Amen. All right, good stuff. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, God bless. Godspeed.